This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, back in the home studios. Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, DeMond Cotton and your boy Q. Very excited for the next two hours. I'll try to tell you I like to come into the show and DeMond does the same thing. As soon as we walk into the studio, we're like, yes, we're free. We are free. And what we mean by that is that we have all the outside noises done for the day. We're in the studio. We're good to go. We get to talk some Raiders football. We get to talk some football in general. And we get to talk to Raider Nation for the next couple hours. So we are locked and loaded. We are good. We are excited to be here on this Tuesday. Got a lot of good guests coming up on today's show. Tashawn Reed, he's going to join us. He's from The Athletic. He's going to join us at 2.30. I'm excited about this conversation. He put out a really good piece on The Athletic about the Raiders. It's basically a Raiders off-season guide and tells you everything that you need to know about the Raiders, what they're looking at going into the offseason. And that has nothing to do with who the GM's going to be or who the head coach is going to be. But it's got a lot to do with everything else going on with the Raiders this upcoming offseason. And, you know, the thing is, I hear all the time people say, well, the team was close. They won 10 games. They went to the playoffs. Just run it back. Do you know that they have 23 unreal free agents? It ain't that easy just to run it back. <laughs> you know what I mean? No team really outside of what we saw from Tampa Bay, you know, is really going to ever run it back just because there's so much that goes into each and every season, building a team up, trying to get their guys in the draft, trying to get free agency taken care of, trying to get guys that need new contracts. There is a lot. And the Raiders have a lot of questions going into this offseason. So he put out a really good piece on The Athletic. And when I reached out to him last night to try to book him to come on the show, I was like, man, off top, let me just tell you how good that piece was. So going to pick his brain about the piece. Also going to pick his brain about what he thinks of uh, Todd Bowles. We found out earlier today that Todd Bowles is another candidate that the Raiders are going to be interviewing for the head coaching position. Uh, That should happen sometime this, uh, this week in the next coming days. And another, and I just said this to JT in passing, another defensive guy. Another defensive guy, Todd Bowles, D'Amico Ryans, Gerard Mayo, all defensive coordinators. And Gerard Mayo is not really the defensive coordinator because in New England they don't have the actual title. He's a de facto coordinator. But you get my point. You get the gist of it. We had a call, I believe, yesterday about a lot of defensive guys coming in, a lot of uh, interest in defensive guys. That is where where the, the, the path is leading. But, again, it's early. It's only three guys that I'm talking about right there. There could be potentially more out there. But the thing that, and I told this to JT, I love the fact that the Raiders are taking their time. They're not in a hurry to hire somebody, meaning that these potential candidates out there will wait. They're not in, you know, it's not like the Raiders of old where they have to just go jump in real quick and try to hire somebody before all the good candidates are gone. This is a desirable job. I know some people don't believe it. They're still looking at it. Oh, I don't know if it is, Q. I don't know if it is. It's a desirable landing place. The GM and the head coaching position. Again, Rich Basaccia might end up being the guy. I'm not saying he isn't. I'm just saying I love the fact that Mark Davis could take his time. And maybe those offensive guys are still coaching right now. Could be. 
You know, maybe they're just probably, they, oh, no offensive candidates. Maybe they're looking at some of these offensive coordinators still in the playoffs. It makes me feel good that they're not just jumping at one guy. We hear names here, there, and oh, man, this guy's going to take the job. This guy's going to take the job. They are taking their time, and they're talking to as many different people as they want to. And I'm sure that some of these guys that they're talking to, they could be potentially head coaches. They could be potential defensive coordinators, depending on who the GM is. You know, I mean, that's the other thing about it. I believe that there's a lot of due diligence being done just because you interview a guy for potentially your head coaching job doesn't mean that that's what he's going to end up being at some point. He might end up being, hey, you know what? Want to hire him for another position or the potential GM that's coming in might want to hire him for another position. You might just be doing a little bit of background on him. There's so many different things that go into these interviews that they're having, but I just love the fact that they're able to take their time. They're able to attempt to get it right. And I think that they're doing it the right way, starting with the GM, making sure they got that locked in, and then going and deciding what they're going to do with the head coach. I just don't think that a, a respectable GM or GM candidate is going to want to be hamstrung with the head coach before they get hired. It just doesn't make sense. And then I think you see that around the league altogether. No team has decide, has picked a new head coach yet of the teams that do have available openings. So I think that the NFL, I think it's almost like no one wants to make the wrong pick because picking your head coach is a very serious decision. And it's also like, well, let's see who's first off the board. Right. I feel like it's like a game of chicken almost when it comes to picking a head coach. Well, I mean, it's it's one of those situations, man, where you've got to get it right. You know, the it's it's not healthy to change your coaches every couple of years. It's just not. You know, the Raiders attempted to have a long-term guy in place when they hired Gruden and gave him that long-term deal. It just didn't work out. We all know how it all shook out. I hear they are. But, man, I'll tell you, for three or four seasons, or three seasons or whatever it was, it was nice to go into the offseason not talking about, hey, who's the next head coach going to be? It was great. You know, we found out today that Sean Payton is retiring. I say that in air quotes from the Saints. I don't know. Maybe he'll take a year off and then bounce back up, and some team will go out there and trade for him. I'll, I'll put it to bed right now. Raider Nation, I don't think that, that the Raiders are going to make a move for him. I've been hit up by plenty of people. If they were to, I'll say this right now, if they were to want to even talk to Sean Payton, they would have to compensate the Saints. He's under contract till 2024. So let's go ahead and get that out of the way right now because I know someone's going to hit us up and ask us about that. He's yeah. under contract. But I think like I think all the rumors might be true because he even said, I don't want to use the word retirement. He doesn't like that word. Right. And then somebody in Dallas, you know, his former home where he used to be the O.C., Oh, no, I have somebody in Dallas made a terrible mistake in the playoffs by running a quarterback draw. Oh, I I have no idea. I mean, I have no doubt. The thing about it is I I believe if he ends up coaching anywhere else, it'll be in Dallas. That's where I believe he'll go. Mike McCarthy. But I I don't think he'll coach this year. I really don't. Oh No, I think he's taking the year off. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And and what matters right now is is this year. (laughs) You you know what I mean? So that that's the situation. But I've seen a lot of people already hit me up and say, hey, what's the chances the Raiders going to get him? I'm not going to say zero because I, I just don't know what Mark Davis is willing to do, but he's under contract till 2024 with the Saints. So to get him, you would have to go trade for him. You'd have to give the Saints a lot of compensation, and I just don't see that happening. So we can go ahead and put that uh, that conversation to bed right now. But there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of openings now. You know, uh, again, don't know what the Raiders are going to do with Rich Basaccia, but there's nine head coaching positions open right now. Every year, it's an average about seven or eight head coaching positions. Right now, there's nine. So, and again, that, that all depends on if you're including the head coach of the Raiders position open as well, because we just don't know. I, I have to continue to say that because we just don't know. Technically, it's open. I mean, technically it is, you know, he's there, you know, and so technically he's still the head coach until he said, until he's told he's not. So it's kind of, 
it's kind of slippery slope right there. But uh, there's a lot of different there's a lot of different uh, things going on across the NFL. Excited about uh, you know everything that's going on. Uh, we'll definitely ask Tashawn Reed about Todd Bowles, what he thinks about him coming in potentially to uh, interview for the head coaching position. We'll ask him about Sean Payton, what he thinks about him as far as just stepping away from the the Saints after so long. And the thing about Sean Payton, I think the Raiders have had. Oh man, Paul Gutierrez had it. I think they've had what nine coaches since Sean Payton took over for uh <laughs> for the Saints. I believe it was back in 2006 when he took over. Let me check. Paul Gutierrez put out a good tweet earlier, and it was just kind of it kind of lets you know. I mean, you're looking to get you're looking to have continuity. Here it is, right here. Since Sean Payton took over 15 years ago, the Raiders have had Art Shell, Lane Kiffin, Tom Cable. Hugh Jackson, Dennis Allen, Tony Sperano, rest in peace, Jack Del Rio, John Gruden, and Rich Basaccia. They've had nine head coaches since Sean Payton took over for the Saints. That's a lot. That is a lot. That is wild. That is crazy. And Sean Payton took over in 2006. So since 2006, the Raiders have had nine head coaches. That's why they've got to get this one right. They really do. They've got to establish that longevity and that that continuity because, man, you just cannot keep replacing coaches every couple years. So Sean Reed will join us at 2.30 at 3 o'clock. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, he joins us every single Tuesday at 3 o'clock, one of our favorite guests that we have each and every week. And it's funny, me and Damon were going through the, the guest lineup that we had for today. We were working on it last night after the show. And for some reason, I don't know why my brain just blanked out, but I said, okay, we have Tashawn at 2.30, and we have our next guest at 3.30, and I'll tell you about him in just a minute. And also, DeMond hit me back and said, no John McClain? I was like, what the hell? Yeah, we got John McClain. got a little sad feeling. Yeah, yeah. No John? (laughs) I don't know what happened. I had so much that I was thinking about and so much that I had going on, I completely forgot about John McClain last night. But today, I was like, yeah, of course we have John McClain. So he'll join us to talk all things NFL at 3 o'clock, as he always does. And then at 3.30, Derek Duncan. He's uh, from the A7FL. That's A7FL.com. You can check him out. They're a 7-on-7 they're a seven seven football league. There's four teams here in Las Vegas. They all have some really cool names. They're actually looking for players to play. It's a 7-on-7. Seven seven, and, Damon, check this out. A 7-on-7 seven seven tackle football with no pads. He's a madman. I mean, he's not playing. He's looking for players. He's not the one playing. No pads, though, man. It is interesting. I don't. I mean, hey, look, man. Football's hard enough with pads. <laughs> I watched. A, I watched a little bit. I've got questions for him. I watched yeah. a little bit. Looked at a couple clips. What's your biggest question that you have for uh, for D- Derek when we talked to him at three thirty? Why no pads? I mean, like, it's a glorified seven on seven. You know what I mean? It's glorified seven on seven, but it's tackle. Yeah. So why no pads? Why not just play rugby at that point? Look, man, (laughs) that's a good question. Yeah, we're going to ask. That's a good question. But Derek's looking for uh, for players to play in this. Uh, We're actually uh, I'll have the information. You can go to uh, a7fl.com and check it out if you're if you want if you're interested in it. I mean, these are legit league. It starts up in the spring and uh, looking for participants and players. So uh, if you're that player that wants to sign up for it and play tackle football with no uh, no pads, that's on you. I'm not that guy. But (laughs) if you want to go ahead and do it. But we'll talk to Derek about it. Coming up at 3.30. So that's the guest that we have coming up on the show. Now it's time to jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers. Home of the Chevy Silverado. The strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. 
So, got a couple different topics that I wanted to bring to the table for today's show, as we always do. Actually, had about three or four of them, but only going to bring you a couple today. Uh, so, you can hit us up and be a part of the show at 702-365-9200. We always like to hear from you. And then the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. First, I want to know your thoughts on Todd Bowles as a potential head coach. Uh, he is 24 and 41 in his head coaching career. He's been with the New York Jets, and he started off as a head coach, as an interim head coach with the Miami Dolphins, and he was 2-1 and one in his time as an interim there in Miami. So 24-41, and 41, uh, I know you look at that record and say that wasn't very good, and you probably remember the last thing that you saw from Todd Bowles with Tampa Bay doing that cover zero coverage and uh, Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup getting behind the, the defensive backs and ultimately losing that game, so you're probably a prisoner of that. But what do you think? Now that you know that Todd Bowles is going to be coming in for an interview in the next few days, what do you think about that potential hire? And again, as I said, um, the other question I have is, uh, oh, the other question I have, one more thing that you'd like to see the Raiders do more of in 2022. So I want to know about Todd Bowles, and then I want to know one thing that you'd like to see the Raiders do more of in 2022. That could be offensively. That could be defensively. I mean, just whatever you think. Whatever you think is one more, not three. And anytime I ask a question like this, I always get three, four, five different, you know, items on the list. I just want one. One thing you'd like to see the Raiders do more of in 2022. If that's go for it on fourth down, then it's go for it on fourth down. If it's throw the ball into the end zone when they're in the red zone instead of trying to run the rock in or throw it short and hope that someone breaks the tackler 12 to try to get in, then, then that's the case. But I want to hear from you. What you'd like to see the Raiders do. One thing you'd like to see the Raiders do more of in 2022. Again, the number 702-365-9200. 7-Ash text line is 69187. Keyword R&R. Also asking about Todd Bowles coming in as an interview. Uh, Raider Jay from Sacramento responded to uh, your, your, your com- comment on uh, Derek Duncan when we talked to him at 3.30. Ah, so rugby. <laughs> that's, where, that's exactly where you went. As soon as I told you about the interview, you said, oh, so we're talking rugby. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I played a little bit in college, and it's, not, it's, not a, it's, it's a fun game. Were you as bad as that, at that as you are in football or basketball? <laughs> you, you don't want to see me out there, but I tell you what, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't for me, though. I will say that. It wouldn't be for me either. I don't, I'll don't. i tell you straight up, you know, like, hey, football, I love football, but uh, I'm not going out there without any pads. And pads don't guarantee that you're going to be safe. But, man, I feel like I sure do feel a lot better when I have them on, <laughs> you know, instead of, instead of not having them on. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to Derek at 3.30 about that and uh, get the whole idea of the of the league that they're playing in. Uh, also got a text at 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, was talking about Todd Bowles coming in for the potential head coach. Let me guess. First thing you thought of was the Rooney rule. And that, that goes back to the conversation we had yesterday. And as I said, as DeMond standing here with his, uh, his arms <laughs> folded, as I said yesterday, I don't think Rooney rule, first of all, at all. And I don't mind addressing this conversation again. I don't think that at all because I know Todd Bowles is a very uh, qualified candidate. I don't think Rooney rule with any of these guys. I'm saying the outside world does, for the most part. A lot of them. Not saying everybody, but for the most part. That was the whole point. But So, yeah, that was a good one. That was a good LOL on the end of it, so I can appreciate that. Let's see. Got another one from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q&D. Let's talk momentum if we can here. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. We don't know what that is. Not sure if you saw over the weekend, but we could have used a little bit of momentum on our side. Sincerely, the Tennessee Titans, Aaron Rodgers, San Jose State basketball, Buffalo Bills defense. That is from Sir Whiskey Ray. That's a direct one right at you. We had one shot towards me and one shot towards you. Well, you know, the text line's really starting off strong, but <laughs> all of those teams that he's mentioning, momentum, I don't think it really would have helped that much. 
Let's say uh, the Packer game, Aaron Rodgers, he throws it to Mercedes Lewis, he fumbles, and it's like, oh, no. But guess what? They get the ball right back, and what do they do with it? Nothing. So that, that could be like, oh, we lost the momentum, we gained the momentum. And what did each team do with that? Nothing. Okay. So sometimes it's just like the momentum isn't there. Okay. But you yourself have talked about momentum yourself. Just at one time. So there you go. So we all know that it, it exists. Uh, we also got a text from Sir Whiskey Ray. Todd Bowles doesn't move the needle. I'm sorry. Look at his track record. It's under 500. One thing I'd like to see more in 2022, more blitzing. Okay, there you go. A couple good uh, responses right there to our questions that we had. Uh, got a tweet from Kalani. Uh, stop with the bend, but don't break coverage. Stay aggressive. I like that. And then LV Raider Marcus hit us up on Twitter. High tempo, no huddle offense. Something that uh, he'd like to see more of from the Raiders in 2022. And that's something that myself and JT, JT really mentioned it a lot. Throughout the whole course of the year, hustle up to the line of scrimmage. You know, get a little bit of tempo. Get those. Get the defense on their heels. You never really saw a lot of that, and there was multiple reasons why. And I don't think I ever really got a great explanation of, of what it was outside of they just didn't trust the offensive line to be able to execute. But that is something. There's multiple times that I looked at games too and thought, "Hey, man, they they got some momentum. They're getting down the field a little bit. Hurry up, you know, hurry up, get to the line of scrimmage, make those same guys stay in there." I agree with that 100. Uh, like I said, JT would he was screaming it from the mountaintops for anyone to hear throughout the whole course of the year. I remember throughout games, you know, I'd be in the press box and he had just wrapped up the you know the uh, the pregame show, so he'd be somewhere else and he'd be watching the game and all of a sudden I see a tweet from JT: "Hustle, tempo, up tempo, just a couple words." But that's that's real. I, I think that that goes a long way, man. You put a little bit of put a little something something behind it, hustle up a little bit. Guys make mistakes when they're when they're rushed. They make mistakes. I agree with that. I agree with that a lot. I like that. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listening line. Who we got up first? Passionate Raider. Passionate. What's on your mind, my man? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, Q, man. I'm not, I heard Todd Bowles today, and I almost threw up, man. I said, oh, my God, this better not be a Mark Davis move, man. Dang. Because, I, man, but, but I am on the defense of hire of a coach. Look at our division. Look at the AFC. You better get somebody in there who knows how to play defense because that's the biggest key. Everybody in Raider Nation thinks that Derek Carr is the greatest thing walking on this earth, the greatest offense and quarterback mind that could do everything. Well, you know what? Get him a defense in so we can prove this. That's all I want to do is get this man a defense and let's see what he can do. My number one thing is someone already took it with the blitz, and so I'm going to go with I want to see D.C. on the sideline reading the tablet when he ain't on the field like you do when you see Brady and all these other league quarterbacks, read the tablet. Don't think you're above the playbook. You need that tablet, brother. After that, I had a great day. Let's get a defensive coach in here, and let's crush some quarterbacks. There he what? goes. Great call, man. Great call, passionate Raider. You know what's funny? I thought about you and a lot of other people over the weekend while I was watching the games go on because everyone always talks about Derek Carr. and Well, I don't see him walking up and down sideline pumping up his teammates. I just see him sitting there by himself. Every single quarterback I saw over the weekend, and this is not a shot at you, Passionate Raider, every quarterback I seen this weekend, if it was Mahomes, if it was Allen, if it was Brady, if it was Stafford, every single one of those guys were sitting on the bench by themselves. Every single one of them. Now, there was a couple times where I saw Mahomes up, you know, cheering guys on, or even at the end of the game, he was trying to pump up the crowd. But there's always a time when quarterbacks are always just by themselves on the bench, just chilling. And, that, and they could be reading the, the, the tablet, they could be doing whatever, but that's just what they do. That's one of those, like, come on now, what are we asking for? No, no, he's not reading the tablet. No, no, no. I understand, I understand what he. I understand what he's saying because there's a lot of times when you'll you'll see the camera pan to like a Tom Brady. You'll see him going up and down the sidelines, you know, trying to pump up the players or 
down the bench trying to pump up the players. But every time the camera goes to Carr, you always just see him chilling. But I saw all weekend long. That's why I thought of I thought of Raider Nation because I hear that a lot. I was like, dang, all these quarterbacks are sitting there chilling. Like Patrick Mahomes, he was just sitting there with a jacket on, chilling. That should be some assistant coach or the backup quarterback's job, you know, just to get, like, word, hey, hey, camera team coming around, camera team coming around. No, nah, man, get, they don't get, care get, about get bumped, get bumped. They no, shouldn't just care. Like, right, they shouldn't so care. Can, so nothing. if you can look better on camera nah, for the TV they don't, cameras? they don't care nothing about no I know they camera. don't, but, it, but this is just a funny thing. Yeah, I'll be watching the broadcast, and uh, car's sitting down a little too much for me. Well, I mean, again, no, that's just that's – just, I get it. I get it. I mean, you don't it, see it, Brady sitting down. No, I mean, and that's because that's what the camera chooses to get. Because when Brady gets mad, they'll see that, and then they'll go and, fl- and flash on it. Because it's something. It's something there. So I, I understand where they're coming from. I'm just saying what I saw this weekend. It's. I mean, it's real. You want to see, and this is how I am. I want to see a guy pumped up. I want to see a guy fired up trying to get his team fired up. That's what Raider Nation is talking about when they say that. The problem is that you never see Derek Carr doing that because they don't really go to him on the sideline that often until – He's sitting on the sideline chilling. You know what I mean? But all of a sudden, they'll capture, and he's not going to sit there and break a tablet. He's not going to do this, that, and the other. So when they see Brady break a tablet, it's great. Or when they see Brady yelling at somebody, it's great. That's great. Made for TV. It's like reality TV. It's what they want to see. So that's why they see other other quarterbacks doing that. But it's it's it's. I get it. I understand what he's saying. So Odell fought that field goal, and then, then people was like, yo, this dude needs to chill out. Right? It's, I don't know. It's, that, that's just one of the silliest things. But, yeah, getting some blitzing. Hey, Todd Bowles might bring, bring, could bring well, in some blitzing. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. The, if Todd Bowles were to be the head coach, they would go from being the team that blitzed the least to being the team that blitzed the most. I mean, just simple as that. That's exactly what would happen because, man, uh, that dude likes to bring the heat. He likes to blitz all the time. And, again, we saw what happened at the end of that game on Sunday between the Rams and the Buccaneers, and it did not end very well. Cover zero. Even Derek Carr tweeted out, cover zero. That's, you know, that cover zero did not work very well. That's one of those Greg Williams-type situations. And remember the Raiders uh, beat the Jets, and Greg Williams was the defensive coordinator when he ran the cover zero. It's just, it just doesn't work too much. 702-365-9200, at least not in that situation. Who do we got up next? Mitch in New Jersey. Mitch, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. How's it going, Kim? Good, man. How are you? Good. Don't forget your suntan lotion out there. <laughs> All right. Okay. I want offense. Okay. Sign, sign free agent, and if this guy's on the board in the first round, Drake London, not 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 the rapper. And I know uh, Damon has never heard of Ludacris until he met you, right? All <laughs> right. Drake London, and keep the young coach. And for this this past weekend, great set of games. Yes. Down to two things: the squib. And then who's Aaron Rodgers going to blame now? That's what I like to know. I love the block punts. Nice. It's like hitting a grand slam. It doesn't happen often enough. Sometimes I think that just most of the time they're just uh, just waiting for you know to punt you at the you know just fair catch it at twenty five. Nice. It was nice. I didn't think they would. They didn't look like they only had like one side of the line had like a couple of guys like five or four, and it was it was uh, great. That was a very exciting game. Unbelievable. What's Aaron going to do now? What a drama, boy. Good question. Thanks a lot. All right. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Thank you for the call. And uh, he mentioned baseball. Did the baseball – did they put anybody in the Hall of Fame today? Uh, I don't think the votes have come in yet. <laughs> okay. But let's get Barry in. Let's hey, get man, Roger in. I know we're talking football here. But I'll tell you, I've been a guy that I did not want Barry Bonds into the Hall of Fame, but I have totally changed my tune. I, hey, man, I don't care. I don't care about the steroid guys. If they get in, they get in. Put them in. Damn it, I don't care, man. They made baseball entertaining. I don't care. Put him in. Clemens was awesome. He was one of the best at one time. Barry Bonds, he was good before steroids. He really didn't need steroids, but 
Oh, he, he, who cares? Put them right, in. You know what? I, you know what my gripe is though. No, if you're not going to put them in, don't put, don't put, leave all of them out because I better not see David Ortiz get in. His name was on that Mitchell report. You know whose name was it? Who? Ricky Henderson, baby. <laughs> That's right. Didn't need to. All natural. I see you, Ricky Henley Henderson. Born December twenty fifth, nineteen fifty eight. All right. So your favorite player? You damn right. Greatest to do it ever, ever. That's why he's got a field name after him. It's not a great field, but it's a field. Ricky Henderson Field. All right. Now that I got out of my feelings. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I mean. I'm just tired of the Hall of Fame not putting anybody in in exactly, baseball. I'm sorry. Like, just put someone point? in, man. Y'all ain't that damn good. Exactly. You're supposed to be memorializing. <laughs> oh, mean, it's a museum about baseball just, history. Yeah, exactly. But none of the best players for about 20 years. We're just exactly. going to keep them all out. Yeah, just put somebody in, man. It's been way too long. All day Raider A will take a break. One thing I'd love to see the Raiders do more of is be aggressive and fast on offense. Allow Carr to be Fresno State Carr and be a gunslinger. And fellas, I never played with pads on until high school, mainly because me and my boys couldn't afford them. LOL. I love it. I love it. All day Raider A. He went hard to paint. Hey, man, I got a league for you. I got a league for you, man. A7FL. A7FL.com. Check it out today. All day Raider A. Sign up for it and Hell, you might win some money, man. Go on out there with your team with no pads and no helmet, and you might win some money. 225 is the time. When we come back, we'll be talking to Deshaun Reed from The Athletic. Fantastic piece he put out about the offseason and the guide to the offseason for the silver and black. We'll break it all down. We'll do it next here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. There's a lot of conversation going into the offseason about what the Raiders should do. Of course, a lot of conversation is about the GM position and the head coaching position. Not worried about that right now. That's going to all play itself out. But there's a lot that has to do with the team after those decisions are made. And right now on the phone line, Tashawn Reed from The Athletic, he put out a fantastic, and I mean fantastic, piece about the offseason guide. Really broke it down piece by piece what the Raiders are looking at in the offseason. So off top, I encourage everyone to go check that piece out on The Athletic. And Tashawn, thank you so much for your time. And again, I can't tell you enough, that was a really good piece that you put out. Uh, I really enjoyed wa- uh, reading it. The Raiders have a lot, man. They got a lot of different things that they have to do. I keep hearing people say, just run it back, run it back. It's not that easy. You know, 23 unrestricted free agents, as you uh, as you mentioned in the piece. How do all those guys that are unrestricted, how many of those do you think are really in consideration for bringing them back? I think the guys that, that stand out the most to me are Casey Hayward, Quentin Jefferson, uh, Zay Jones, Jonathan Hankins, and, and Solomon Thomas. Uh, those are all guys that were, you know, pretty high-level contributors to the team this season. Um, Zay Jones actually stepped into a, a bigger role after what happened with Henry Ruggs. But, uh, you know, as much as we talked about Max Crosby and, and, and Unique Ngakwe uh, at defensive end, how well they played this season, the, the interior defensive line really took it to a new level. And you got to credit Jefferson, Hankins, and Thomas with a lot of that. And, uh, you know, maybe you don't bring all, back all three, but I think, you know, trying to keep that interior defensive line in place because uh, that's really what took that pass rush to a new level this season was not only the pressure they were getting from the outside, but the inside. And then Casey Hayward as a, as a veteran cornerback, um, I, I think we all knew he was a good player just from what he was shown throughout his career. But, uh, I mean, he you know, he was playing at a Pro Bowl level this year. I know he didn't make the Pro Bowl, but 
he was he was a standout at cornerback for them. Um, given what happened with, with Trayvon Mullen, his injury ended up being really key for them. Um, and, and you would imagine, you know, he'd be a guy that, that they would explore coming back. Uh, his of those guys, I think Casey Hayward is probably the one that would, would cost the most money. Um, and, and so if you know he gets an outside offer from somebody else, that just blows them out of the water, kind of similar to what happened with, with Nelson Aguilar last season. Maybe he, he ends up not coming back, but you would imagine there'd be mutual interest in, in trying to get a deal done. Yeah, I would think so. And again, uh, just the way that it was documented in your piece that you put out was was really good. And, you know, talking about money and the money situation, you know, obviously Derek Carr is the trigger man. He's the guy. He's got a very reasonable contract this upcoming year, $19 million, but nothing guaranteed. No quarterback, as you said, no quarterback's going to play with no guaranteed money and in a dummy year, basically where it's a lame duck year, the final year of his contract. How do you think the Raiders should approach that? Not, I mean, that, you know, we're looking at contracts that now that are like $40 million in four or five years. What do you think the Raiders' approach should be to Derek Carr and his contract situation? Well, I guess it kind of depends, you know, really what they do with these, these head coach and general manager hires, you know, with this new staff coming in. As new front office staff, or are they viewing this group as a as a unit that's that's ready to roll and keep this thing going and continue to compete for the playoff spots, or are they trying to hit a hard reset and blow this up and, and kind of start over from scratch? And so, kind of who they hire and what the direction is and what Mark Davis, you know, what what EAT kind of sets is going to is going to you know end, you know dictate how it ends up playing out. But uh, just from my view of it, uh, it, it seems to make the most sense to to give Derek Carr an extension. Uh, I mean, I, I would say the last couple of years he's shown himself to be a, a top 10-ish, top 12-ish quarterback. You know, that, that can be debated. Um, I, I think he played at a pretty high level um, this season before, you know, what happened with Ruggs and Darren Warren getting hurt and considering how bad the offensive line was for most of the season and the run game was for most of the season. Uh, I'm not sure how much more you could have asked out of him. Um, you know, he led this franchise to the playoffs twice in his career. I know he hasn't advanced in the playoffs, but um, as part of that is due to what, what's been around him. Um, and in terms of the actual figures, like you said, you know, it's, I mean, quarterback deals now, uh, the, the values are so high that almost every single one, you're, you're probably going to grimace a little bit as a fan when you hear the number. But, um, you know, you would imagine, I mean, ballpark, you know, three or four years, something over $100 million total value uh, for a player whose caliber um, would, would be what they, they're looking for. I know some kind of speculated, you know, taking the hometown discount. You know, you said this is the only team he wants to play for, but. <laughs> he's still a you know NFL quarterback and, and playing like one of the better ones in the league, so you're going to have to pay, pay him like one. And so uh, I really think this offseason they're going to have to make a decision. You know, are, are you giving Carr his extension or are you going to move on and, and try to trade him? And if they do trade him, I think the the, the market would be pretty robust. Yeah, I do too. And uh, again, like you mentioned, no no quarterback's going to play with no guaranteed money, and that 19 million is so reasonable uh, for his contract. So you know, there's so many teams that would line up for him. Now you mentioned the new GM coming in was going to have to make a decision. Are they going to go? forward with the team that they have right now or are they going to just blow this thing up do you think this is a team that potentially could be blown up because i don't i think this is a team that has enough talent just build around uh i think it's potential for it you know because i mean if you trade Derek carr uh you're basically pivoting back into rebuild mode because uh, unless you're you know getting you know an aaron Rodgers or russell wilson or one of those type of quarterbacks through a trade i mean this draft class um, you know, we, we, we can't know until these guys step on the field, but this right. looks like a draft class that don't have a doesn't have a Justin Herbert or a Joe Burrow that is going to come out from from you know year one and set the world on fire. And so, and there's no you know free agent quarterbacks really that jump out to you. So if you trade Derek Carr, I mean that's kind of you know going backwards to me and going back into rebuild mode. But um, you know it, it seems you know better 
uh, and, and smarter to keep him in place. You know, like I said, give him that extension and then find a way to, to build around him. Uh, you know, as I wrote in the column, um, they have almost $40 million in cap space. Um, obviously, you know, you have to kind of like earmark that because, you know, it could go down depending on how the car extension works. If you, if you give him an extension or if you get somebody like Hunter Renfro or, or Max Crosby, a yeah. new deal, um, how that kind of changes that number. But, you know, on the flip side of that, they do have avenues to create additional cap space, you know, via trading or cutting various people on the roster. And the salary cap number is expected to go up significantly um, after going down last year with, um, you know, the COVID-19 situation. And so uh, this is a team that will have plenty of cap space. And so even though they were a playoff team, um, it's not like they have a gridlocked roster where it's just set and whoever the coach and GM are don't, don't have much room to kind of navigate and change it in their image. Um, you know, this is a team that has some, some good key pieces, um, but they also have a, a ton of flexibility, and that's part of what makes this a, an attractive job um, for both of those roles. Talking right now with Deshaun Reed from The Athletic here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Yeah, Deshaun, you mentioned how the Raiders have 15 players that their contract is going to be expiring in 2022. You said already that Derek Carr should be extended. Is there any other players or players that um, need to be extended for next year? I guess from a technical standpoint, you know, Derek Carr is the only one where it's like if you don't get an extension, he's probably not going to be on the field just because of the nature of his position and, and non-guaranteed. But other guys that stand out that it would make sense to give an extension to, as I said, you know, Hunter Renfro and Max Crosby really jump out to me. I mean, mm-hmm. there are a couple guys that they're also on non-guaranteed deals and they're set to make under a million dollars. And um, I think it's pretty obvious you know, the way those two guys played this past season, they're worth a lot more than that. Um, and so you think those would be two guys that you would try to work out um, an extension with. Um, you know, from there, you know, it's really not anybody that they have to. Uh, they're, they're obligated to give any of these other guys extensions. Uh, you know, I, I would say probably beyond, you know, Carr, Renfro, um, and Crosby, you know, the, the biggest thing to consider will be, you know, those fifth-year options um, mm-hmm. that they have to make a decision on this offseason. Josh Jacobs, Cleve Farrell, Jonathan Abram, since they were all first-round picks in 2019, uh, the team has an option to extend them a fifth year on their deal um, at, at a set rate based on where they were drafted and, and certain accolades that have been met. Uh, Farrell seems like, you know, I mean, that's you're probably not accepting that one just based off of, you know, his production and, uh, you know, how he's played since being drafted. Jacobs is interesting, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's pricey, you know, it's, it's over $10 million is what his fifth year option would be. Um, and for most of the season, you know, looking at how he performed, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it's, that's definitely not a guy I'm paying $10 million a year. And then you see the final four games of the season in the playoffs and how well he played. You think about his first two years in the league and how productive he was. And, you know, you kind of start second-guessing it. I think that's probably the toughest decision of the three. Jonathan Abram, you know, he's coming off his second season in the injury in his career. Um, he's had his struggles in coverage. That's another guy I kind of put on the feral side. I, I'd be surprised if they picked up his option. Mm-hmm. And, and so outside of those three extension guys, I think it's really about what they do with those those three first round picks from that 2019 rookie class. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's funny because I, I thought earlier, no way that they're going to pick up Jacob's fifth year option. And you're right, after those four games that end up the season, I thought, well, maybe there's a chance. Maybe they will <laughs> pick that up. I mean, you just don't know. You know, it's just a, it's a tough call right there. Again, we're talking with Tashawn Reed here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And for Josh Jacobs to run good and for Derek Carr to be able to throw the ball around the yard, the offensive line's got to be on point. It obviously was not on point this year. Denzel Good is coming back. He's a guy that still has uh, another year on his contract. What do you think they do with him, and how do you think that they get that offensive line to be back to the, the level that they're used to it being at, where it was not in 2020? Yeah, I think good is interesting because they, you know, if it was kind of coming into the season, you know, 
it was kind of preferred a little bit, I think, for, for John Simpson to, to end up being the starter there if he developed well enough. Um, he didn't play all that well this season, and so maybe good, you know, steps back into that starting role, um, you know, at, at guard. But I think really the biggest question along their offensive line is what they do with Alex Leverwood. Uh, you know, they drafted him with the intention of starting him in right tackle. Uh, due to those injuries to Good and Richie Incognito, um, they ended up having to move him to guard. Um, he, you know, he had struggles at both spots. I mean, he, he had a pretty rough start to his career at right tackle. Uh, right guard, he, he did flash as a run blocker later on in the year, but he still kind of had some of those pass protection issues, and false starts were an issue for him the, the whole year. And so um, I'm sure it be dictated a little bit by, you know, you know, are they bringing back the, the current staff, or do you have a new staff? Um, you know, how do they view Alex Leatherwood? You know, do you, do you move him back to right tackle? Do you keep him at guard? Um, because I think the answer to that is going to dictate, you know, what additions they seek to make at offensive line this offseason. You know, if you keep him at guard, you have to find a right tackle because, you know, Brandon, Brandon Parker, uh, you know, he's, he, he's shown he's not a starting tackle in this league. I think that's, that's fair to say. Yep. Um, but if you do move Alex Leatherwood back to right tackle, you probably need to find a guard because Richie Incognito coming off of missing basically two seasons in a row, you know, you would think he'd be leaning towards retirement. Uh, but, you know, do, do they view good as a full-time starter coming off a torn ACL? You know, he's almost, you know, he's 30 in his 30s now. Is John Simpson shown enough for them to be confident in him? So I think either way they go with the Leatherwood question is going to open up a need that they have along the offensive line in the offseason. I, you know, I don't think this is necessarily a group that you want to bring back the exact same pieces next year just running back. I, I think there's, there's room to, to make some upgrades. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. And uh, you got another one for him? You got another one? Oh, yeah. I was just going to ask him, Sashawn, what's your favorite Naruto character? Your what? His favorite Naruto character. Oh, go Naruto for it. character? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I say Sasuke. I mean, I'm usually, uh, like, when, I, when I'm in the animes or, or most shows, I, I usually don't root for the protagonist the most just because, I mean, you're kind of forced to. So I usually go who the secondary character is, whoever has a darker storyline. So that's, that's probably the one I roll with. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you guys both lost me on that one, but it's okay. I'm all right with that. I like that. Tashaw, before I let you go, uh, earlier today we found out that uh, Todd Bowles is going to come in for an interview with the Raiders for the starting head, or for the head coaching position, potentially. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? He doesn't have a, a great record. We know he was with the Jets and also interim for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Todd Bowles? Yeah, I think what we most recently saw from Todd Bowles, that cover zero call that led to the <laughs> – Right. The Super Cup long catch is going to sour, uh, you know, what he's done uh, with the Bucks the last couple of years uh, in some people's minds. But I mean, he's he's put together, you know, or helped lead one of the best defenses in the league down there. They won a Super Bowl last year, obviously. Uh, I, you know, obviously his Jets record was not good, but whose record with the Jets has been good for like the last twenty years? You know, outside of that Rex Ryan run, I mean, right? That's a really tough place to win. Um, and, and so I think he's a guy that, that you know, I mean, we've seen much lesser coaches get second shots in this league. Um, and so I, I definitely think he's qualified to be a head coach. Is he the right fit for the Raiders, you know, among the candidate pool that they've, you know, we've, we've known that they've interviewed or, or the other names that maybe they haven't been, you know, officially tied to, but that are out there. I, probably not. I think there are, there are some better options out there, but I definitely think he's somebody that, you know, is deserving of an in- interview and, um, is worth bringing in. Are you surprised that they've uh, talked about so many defensive coaches? Um, no, not in particular. I mean, I guess, you know, usually teams, we kind of see this. I mean, their last coach was an offensive mastermind. Right. Usually if a team, you know, goes one way or the other, if they, have, they hire a defensive guy, they hire an offensive guy, and it doesn't work for whatever reason, they veer back in another direction. You know, I think we see that pretty often. It's true. Uh, so, and, you know, I mean, the Raiders defensively, that's been their Achilles heel. 
you know, since like the early 2000s. You know, mm-hmm. I know the season that they saw some improvement, but it was still, you know, one of the worst units in the league in terms of points per game allowed. Um, and, and so I think that end of the football is something that they, it would make sense. They want to finally try to figure that out and, and you know, bringing in a defensive coach would be a way to do that. There you go. Good stuff. That's Deshaun Reed. He put out a piece on the athletic about the Raiders off season. It was a guide to the athletic to the off season. Go check that out. And then Deshaun, I'm checking out that you uh, have a piece out on general managers right now, interviewing five candidates for their general manager vacancy. Another piece on the athletic. You got anything else that you got coming out? Um, not right now. We'll have more stuff later this week, though, as, as things kind of develop. So just give me a follow on Twitter. It's Sean Reed and subscribe to The Athletic and, and check us out. There you go. Well, great stuff, my man. I do appreciate you. And uh, we'll be following along and just like you'll be doing uh, all you all you do, man. We appreciate you. Appreciate you having me on, man. All right, there you go. So Sean Reed from The Athletic does a great job writing, uh, covering the Raiders like a glove. And, again, the, the last couple pieces, man, I, I, I can't wait to dive into this one about the general manager candidates. It says the Raiders are interviewing five candidates for their general manager vacancy. Three of them are on a ready list of diverse and or female candidates who have extensive experience and a history of success. So definitely check out Tashawn and his work on The Athletic. And tickets! Let's go ahead and give out some tickets. DeMond's been talking about giving out some tickets. He wanted to give some out yesterday, and I forgot, so we're not going to forget today. We got East-West Shrine Bowl tickets. We got a four-pack of tickets. It's a 97th annual game. It's exciting. 125 college football players and coaches will be participating. These guys are trying to prepare for the NFL draft. We'll actually be out there next week at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, We'll be doing some interviews. You'll actually hear uh, Eric Galco, one of the scouts. He'll be on the show uh, coming up next week. We'll hear from a couple other people this week on the the, show. the Shrine Bowl. We got a lot coming for you, so we got the hookup for you. All you need to do is hit us up right now. Uh, Caller number nine is what we're looking for, 702-365-9200. You want a four-pack of tickets to the 97th Annual East-West Shrine Bowl. Take a place next week at Allegiant Stadium. We got you. Holler at us right now. It's Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. I know what you're saying, but you're you're not hearing what I'm saying. You're not hearing me. I you're stuck you. in your zone, and I you won't allow you. yourself to listen. I am hearing you. No, 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 no. There's a difference between hearing and listening. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Many thanks to Tashawn Reed from The Athletic who joined us in the last segment. Talking about the Raiders offseason needs guide. Really breaks it down. Definitely encourage you to go check that out on The Athletic. Coming up at 3 o'clock, one of my favorite guests of the week we have each and every week, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. We'll talk all things NFL. We'll start off talking some Sean Payton with him. As Sean Payton has told the Saints, he ain't coming back next year. He is retired, and I say that in air quotes because we all know that's not going to last very long. But let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Got a lot of patient listeners online. We've been appreciate your patience, 702-365-9200. My man Jason, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. What up, Q and the mom? What's cracking? How you guys been? Man, we're just chilling, man. Blessed. Yeah, man, sorry I haven't been able to give you guys a call. I've been a little busy, you know, painting the house and whatnot, but... uh yeah, you know, uh, really, really interested on this uh, head coach uh, GM job, man. You know, uh, really interested to see what's going to happen. I like that we are taking some time mm-hmm. um, instead of, you know, dropping the ball right away, you know, with what we had before. Um, but I, I I don't know what you guys think. I'm thinking I'm thinking I would like to go more defensive-minded coach. I know JT was talking about that a little bit earlier. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know offense is, is, is the name of the league nowadays, but – now look at the guys we have to stop. You know, I mean, it's, right. our division is terrible with the, when it comes to having to have a, deep, a good defense. You know, I mean, yeah, just, yeah, man. You know, so what do you guys think about that? You know, and then another thing too, I, I wanted to ask you guys. Um, 
the uh, you know Pro Bowl and the and, and coming up and everything like that. You know, do you guys know of anything that's going on around it? Is there going to be a big old Seattle? You know, I'm thinking it's going to be like Super Bowl. You know, with the whole parties <laughs> and whatnot. Man. Right. You know, I'm trying to trying to get out and have some fun. You know. I heard that. But, uh, <laughs> right. You know, shoot. So. But, uh, yeah, you know, just want to see what's up with you guys. You know, just want to throw in, throw in a quick question on you guys, see what you guys think about what what would be a better offense or defensive mind, you know, to go from there. So uh, I'll listen in on you guys. Good hearing from you guys. All right, you too, my man. Appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, good questions. And first with the Pro Bowl, that's the easier one. I think there's a bunch of parties that are supposed to be lined up. Uh, I haven't heard the specifics, but I have heard that there's going to be some parties lined up for the Pro Bowl. And, of course, uh, you're going to get a bunch of – uh, all-star football players in town for, you know, a weekend, of course there's going to be some kind of parties, right? There's got to be some kind of celebration. You exactly. Know? I'm sure somebody's going to be hosting a party or two. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I have no idea what it's going to be or, the, you know, the style of it going to be. Obviously, still with COVID going on, it just can't be a, you know, from the windows to the wall type party, but you never know. You never know how it's going to shake out. But if I do hear anything, I'll let you know. As far as your question on the defensive-minded coaches, I wouldn't have a problem. If the Raiders went and hired somebody that was defensive-minded, I would have no problem with that at all. I, I would get excited by that as long as they dedicated themselves to making sure that that defensive-minded coach, which I'm sure he would, go out and finds a really good offensive coordinator, a really good guy that is a sharp offensive mind. I mean, you've got to be able to – I know you want to stop Justin Herbert. You want to stop uh, Patrick Mahomes. You want to stop whoever the Broncos have as their quarterback. You want to do all that, but you've also got to be able to score. And I think that's one of my fears, why that's my preference. I think that they should hire an offensive-minded coach because I would hate for a defensive coach to come in. He, he hires some young whiz offensive coordinator, and like a season or two, he's gone. Because you've seen that happen before with some teams that the offensive coordinator leaves, and then the offense kind of goes down the tube. Yeah. No, you're right about that. You're right about that. I, I mean, there's a lot of different scenarios and a lot of different ways of looking at it. But like Deshaun said, uh, when I asked him the question about is he surprised that the Raiders have looked at so many defensive guys, he said no because a lot of times teams – opposite way he's absolutely right about that a lot of times once you've had an offensive guy or a defensive guy and it doesn't work out you go in the other direction he's, he's spot on about that so uh, we'll see what they do I, I like like Jason said and what I said at the beginning of the show they are taking their time they're not rushing to just go and get a guy and put him in place let's go out to the Rare Nation listener line again talk to our guy Jim the mailman what's up my man how you doing welcome to the show hey what's going on chilling man uh, listen I don't want Todd Bowles near my team. Okay. Okay. My son is a big Jets fan. When he was coaching Jets, he couldn't wait for Todd Bowles. I mean, I listened to a local radio station. They would complain each week about Todd Bowles. He's not a good play offensive uh, play caller. He's just not a good head. He's a, probably a great defensive coordinator. He's not a head coach material. Gotcha. That's my opinion. I, 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 I mean, I wanted Sean Payton, but I don't know what happened today. <laughs> right. I, I, I think they have their coach. And Rich Passaccia already. Yes. Okay. Give give him a a, a one two year deal. Okay. Let, let's work this out. I mean, you got to stare. I've been telling all these Raider fans, give the guy a break. Give him a chance. Okay. He got you there. Would Gruden get you there? I don't know. Well, I mean, none of us do. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Thank you for the call. I do appreciate it. I'll say this, man. I mean, some interim coaches, they work out when they become a, a, a full-time head coach, and others don't. 
You know, and, and I just the, – the thing I said from the very jump when when uh, he, he took over and I said, well, in the offseason, the Raiders have to make sure that they, they go and they look under under every stone. You know, they have to make sure that they, they examine the situation very carefully because you don't want to get caught up in the emotions like you just said. They got, he got him there. He got him there. He got him there. Can you bottle up that emotion? Can you bottle up what helped get them there and go on that four-game winning streak? Can you do that to start the season? Can you go in – you know what I mean? Can you have a regular season – that doesn't have all the ups and downs and the peaks and valleys like this one had and still have that same success. That's the only question. And I don't want to be here at this point next season or following next season and everyone thinks, well, hell, you had the opportunity to hire this guy, that guy, and that guy, and instead you went 3-14 and 14 or 4-13 and 13 or whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? So you got to it's – it's a fine line, and that's why I think that Mark Davis is taking his time with whatever decision he makes. And whatever decision he makes, I'm good with. Cool. You know, we're going to cover whoever the head coach is. If it's Bisaccia, if it's someone else, we're going to cover it like a glove. We're going to do our job like the way we're supposed to do it. So it doesn't make us any difference who the head coach is. I just think that it's a tough decision that these guys are going to have to make. So I'm glad I'm not in the in the chair that has to make that call. 2.56 is the time. We'll come back, kick off hour number two of the show. We'll kick it off with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.